0: Welcome to the Next Step Podcast with Jay and Brad. Wait, wait, I'm Brad. I'm Jay. I'm an uh, act. All right. Hey,
1: oh, onward go. Hey, oh, onward go. Hey, oh, onward go. Hey, oh, onward, go. Hey, oh
2: Jay, we are back in action. We
0: got, we got what? we got a lot of, of hair right there, wait don't move? we got a lot of messages in to our wow. face in yeah, electronically members. uh getting on us for not recording some podcasts the last few weeks. Yeah, they thought we were dead. I had a um, buddy and he
2: said, Are you guys dead? Did you apostate? <laughs> you were telling people I relapsed. how dare you?
0: I joked to you, I never you told joke. anybody that that's okay. a that's
2: not a good joke. That's, that's
0: not a, not a not joke not to you personally. It was a like, personal joke to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're back. We're back. Well, we are back. Let me explain. It's 9:10 p.m. Let me, let me explain. Sorry, uh, We had a podcast recorded in, like, we did a great, uh, it was Marvin, he was on here before, it was after his- His year chip. His year mark. Um, it was a beautiful podcast, um, but then it was right before General Conference, and so I was that's like, true. oh, let's not mess up General Conference, and so I wanted to record with you just a quick intro, and I didn't want to do it myself, because that's kind of cheesy, like, hey, this is Brad, uh, Jay's not here, and- and do, cause you read it. I don't know where schedules yeah. were like crazy yeah. off. And I was like, just, well, I wanted to record a short one to say go listen to conference and link them in our show notes. Yeah. And then that week went by and then, and then I was like, okay, I will post Marvin's up and I go and it's missing. Like, I don't uh, know what happened to the recording. It was a good one. And then I think I was gone. Like I don't, we just didn't, our schedules did not align, uh, so we're but back. The stars are. We're blind. back here. So you know what? Sometimes absence makes the heart grow fonder. So Ooh. maybe this was e- this was planned out so people enjoy us more. Maybe this was inspirational. Or maybe
2: there are powers above that we don't see. Or
0: maybe we just record this really late at night and whenever yeah, we have time. Let's hope
2: we don't lose this one. Like, how do? What do we need to do? to Make sure you don't lose. This? As soon as we're done, I'm going to hit save. Okay, cool. Make um, sure we did that. So let's do a quick because that one went late. I remember. I know. And we were like, yeah, it was really late. Everyone was really tired. Yes.
0: But let's do a couple quick news articles. What kind of news you got for me? Um, and then we're going to just... Because you are going to share about uh, your experience of taking someone... On Asiatic, we're going to talk to you about taking someone to a rehab. And you had some things that hit you pretty profoundly on that. Yeah? Totally, yeah. Okay, so we'll do that at the end. Tease it up. Um, so do you want uh, church news or addiction news or... Or both. Start like, off with addiction. First. Okay. Like the worldly addiction. So, uh, this one is actually from LDS Living. So, I guess it's addiction okay. in churchy. With a church spin? Yeah. So, the title is Why Women Struggle with Pornography, Two Five Ways to Talk to Your Daughter About It. Um, Whoa. I think for a long time, it's just assumed pornography is a men's problem. Totally. Um, Before, like probably
2: five or 10 years ago. Now, it's like, Now it's, yeah, it's to everyone's get problem. Talked out. Yeah.
0: So,. Um, This is a quote from the article. I have daughters, so I'm not worried, unquote. I've heard this rationale over and over again as I've talked to parents about protecting children from pornography. I only wish it were true. 50% of our children were completely immune to pornography, Paul. But in fact, studies show that one-third of porn viewers are female. So girls may be more vulnerable than we once thought. One-third? One-third of porn viewers. Um, Sister Joy Adams, general primary president... Uh, warned in a recent general conference. I am concerned that many parents may not yet realize how dangerous pornography really is or may think it's only a problem for the boy next door. Reality is this problem is affecting our boys and our girls and we're not talking about it enough. The good news is there's it's never too late we can begin today. So that was from the primary president, not young women's, General president. It was from the
2: primary president. But sad that you got the primary. I mean, it's sad, but it's good that we're inspired. Yeah. But it's sad that that's at that level now we're society... We were talking about this earlier, and we are in the car. We're looking at looking at getting a motorcycle. So anyways, Brad was driving me to go look at something, and you were talking about how... What were we talking about? Societies? Like all these great nations and... The fall of great nations. Yeah. Like history. In history, like way back. Thousands of years, hundreds of years. Yeah. They
0: all fall... From immorality. So... Um, and it seems a lot easier today than any other time in history to have immorality in your face. Yeah. Right? So um, it's hard to escape from it. It's, you know. So let me, uh, some of these are great talk. Like sometimes also, I think the. Uh, and you over- post this on our Facebook. So it's will- on our Facebook page, yeah. But uh, not everyone goes on our Facebook. So we'll post it on the show notes, which is if you're on iTunes or Stitch or whatever, you just click the links the below link there sweet. and the link on there. Um, But I think also it's like, oh, this is just a Mormon thing. Like most of the porn, porn kills love, um, fight the new drug, those are not Mormon things. That guy's not Mormon, right? No. I'm sure there's LDS people involved in it. it, But but that guy, main guy, I don't think is. I don't think so either. Okay, so here's a quote from therapist Jeffrey J. Ford. Quote, a lot of people think that girls are safe from pornography, but girls are just as susceptible as boys. In some ways, girls are more at risk because parents and religious leaders assume they aren't as curious as boys about porn and do nothing to protect them. Whoa. Um, so let's... Uh, yeah,
2: you wouldn't think to talk about your to your daughter. You'd think more to go talk to your son. I,
0: totally. I've got three daughters and a son, and I, it's way more on my radar to talk about it. I t- actually talk about it way more with my son so, than my daughters.
2: Yeah. Um, I got two little girls. Y- you got
0: two girls. So let's go through the five ways to help Kay. girls and tell me what you think and how we are, we as fathers, are going to yeah, do, do this. Quote, so number one, realize that pornography isn't a male problem, it's a human problem. Use the same protective measures with your daughter that you would with your son. Help her avoid an internal, help her develop an internal filter against pornography from an early age by teaching her what pornography is, and why it's harmful, and how to reject it with a plan when she's exposed to it. I do think women are exposed to pornography a little differently from what I've been, what we've. We shared in our meetings and with talking to people. Yeah, we talked about it's it earlier. less too. visual, it's more written. Yeah. And more. We talked
2: about those books, those love novels. So the other day. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll get into this later, but we're not. Like, I didn't know. Okay. When I talked, when I when I got rid of my. So for those of you listening, I've been. Uh, we'll talk about this later in Asiatic, but I got rid of my Instagram account. Again. No, this time for the first time. I've never deleted my account since I got okay. it in 2012. You suspended so Insta- it. Insta- Instagram.
0: You've been off of it.
2: I've, I've deleted the app and been off the longest I ever sustained from it, where I actually like logged in and posted something was six months. It was in two thousand fifteen. You see a giant gap six months. Anyways, and of course after that during that six months it was great. But she was like the the one day I was like oh I'm just gonna go on. The point is I get right back on. And for some people it's not a problem for me. Um, when I when I'm busy, of course, it's not a problem. But when I'm not, I can escape and disappear for hours, and you know, stop to do my like food and eating and all that stuff, and take care of the kids. But then I go right back to it, and then I'm before you know, I've wasted a whole day, or if you know, just this weird fog, and I feel empty, and I feel. And we'll talk about the anxiety that comes later. What I'm getting at, since I deleted it last week. I go to grab my phone, and you're, there's, you're like, you normally go to grab that and get the instant gratification check, see what your friends are doing, you know, whatever, read an article, watch a video, waste time and kill time. So I've been forced to download more books, talks, and all these good things, which, of course, that was the whole point. But when I, what I'm getting at is what I went to Amazon um, book because I couldn't find a book – well, maybe it was in iTunes, but usually I just download audiobooks, but I went to buy – Since I didn't have an audio, I was going to look at the books you can just download, right, to read, uh, you know, on digitally read. And it said, I accidentally hit top of the charts, which of course wasn't going to have a church book in there. But I hit top of the charts. And I think if I pull it up right now, the top of the charts is like all these romance novels. Hmm. Stuff that like is pure women targeting, men. 90% of women are not going to read that, Yeah, targeting for women. Like, and it reminded me as a, when I was a kid. And his
0: title is Romance, but it's. that
2: title is Romance, but it's all sex. I mean, yeah. the cover is sex. Yeah. The cover is two it, people. Two people mm, half naked, just passion. Fabio used Fabio, to be the Fabio. Yeah, you Mon- Fabio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like the tail end. So, like that. And uh, I thought that was interesting because. Those are the top of this. Like. Yeah. They have a series and everything. And so it kind of goes to this topic because, once again, I don't think those books are 90% read by men. Maybe they are. And I'm just being chauvinistic or whatever, they, people would want to label that. But well, I think okay. uh, I think they're targeted more for women. When you read okay. the titles, you read the synopsis of it. and Gnarly. Yeah.
0: Okay, number two. Begin sooner than you think to answer questions about sex. Jeffrey Jeff Ford. Jeffrey J. Ford. What did he say? The said, the first begin thing. sooner than you think to answer questions about sex. The first thing parents and leaders need to understand is that girls are just as sexual as boys. They are just as curious. Sister Jones, caution. For some reason, we don't talk very much to youth and children about one of the strongest urges and the biggest temptations they'll face. Our reluctance sets them up to be taught primarily by the Internet, other children or teenagers, or even Hollywood. So talk earlier, um, younger than you think, and be open to answer questions about sex. Tweet. Number three, help your daughters understand that their worth is more than skin deep. Compliment them on their accomplishments or character traits as much or more than their appearance. Girls showing up today face enormous pressure to fit a certain mold of beauty. They may turn to pornography to escape to fantasy world where they imagine themselves looking, quote, hot or simply learn what might be expected of them as adults. Um, you know what's interesting on that one? As a uh, uh, father, I I I'm still on Instagram. I got a few accounts. So mm-hmm. we have a podcast. I've got my family, my personal one, my surfboard one. Um, I over I monitor my son's account. I love that. Um, yeah. And so I scroll through his feed. Mm-hmm. The fascinating thing to me is when uh, he's a teenager. Whenever A fellow teenager girl posts a picture of like, oh, the 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 stereo like this is so typical picture of a sunset with her butt in the picture, Mm -hmm. right? And it's some like, oh, the sunset was beautiful tonight, or look how beautiful. Oh, went in the ocean today, and it's like a purpose. Like my new necklace, but there. Like my new yeah. There's something. (laughs) Something needs to be talked about. Something that shows off cleavage or butt or whatever. Like it's just blatant. Like obviously that's what it is. But then ever then you look at every comment. Oh, so hot. Boom, 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 boom. And
2: I. All hitting the pleasure rewards for her. Yeah. And so, like, validating her body. Right. So, like, this
0: one hits this one. Understand that their worth is more than skin deep. So, I wonder if the pull is um, like, oh, I need, if
2: I post a picture of something. I'll get a lot of likes and dudes will say, Oh, like do I mean, we see women do this. I mean that's the crazy part is it's not just limited to children or teenagers. Right. I Moms. mean I mean I could know several women. I've done that myself with myself. Like I mean that's we make all make fun did. of you. Yeah. Now I can make fun of your scam. Yeah. Yeah. So. And 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 when you're doing it, um, you really are looking for gratification. So when you post a picture of your
0: there were Six times pack. where,
2: like, I was trying to inspire people because people would YouTube, reach out yeah. and say, like, hey, yeah. you helped me, like, change my diet. Yeah, you helped me. So then you're like, head. yeah, right. So then you that feeds the justification to go overboard. Okay. That makes sense? And nowadays on Instagram, everyone's trying to be some fitness model. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, especially if you work out. Like, you. And so you follow... But how was that at st- everyone's the beach? Everyone's a
0: fitness beach. model. We, went, we were yeah. surfing. What day was that? Was it
2: Saturday? Saturday. Saturday.
0: And we served beautiful morning surfing. Two separate groups of people... Couples. walked down to the beach for the sole purpose of going and posing for pictures on the
2: rock with G-strings on. Yeah, with girl, girls posting, like, like not I modesty, mean, like, literally half, like, n- more than half naked. They were, like, right. little parts covered. They, and...
0: They came down, like... That's their only purpose. That's of being there. They
2: didn't play at the beach. They didn't hang at the beach. They didn't go in the water. <laughs> it was always to make it look like they're playing, but really like are or, or like enjoying it. But then they packed their stuff up and uh, left. I and then later, when I went to the beach with my family, as I yeah. sent you oh, that just- one, uh, there was a couple that came down fully clothed and then all of a sudden they went off into the crowd and then down by the water doing a full photo shoot. He was literally in his underwear. <laughs> he was in like jockey underwear and 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 she was like whoa next level. And so uh, and they all they were doing is posing, having fun. But their phone was when the phone stopped. They were not actually having fun. Right, they weren't. are uh, pretending them, to have fun. And I look at Rusty and my kids playing in the sand and like that. They were once. Probably just like my five and six year old, yeah. and, and hanging out and just enjoying building sand, you know all this stuff. And now they're just trying to gratify the skin deep. Well,
0: and and I'm older than you, but I, per, I mean, all it's straight up pornography. I think what Playboy was totally. is what so the was. average like quote fitness model or even yeah. for that high school person maximum in the day. Like when I was maximum younger, magazine. Maximum that's right.
2: magazine is now just the homepage oh, on Instagram. That's true. Yeah. And that was, like, that was... I used to sneak into my stepdad's thing to be, like, to go to his bathroom to find the maximum. I'm like, whoa, this is, whoa. Like, yeah. you get all stuff. Now it's just you go to the homepage. Yeah, and the Instagram. average high school
0: kid sees the girls in their math class in those, right? Totally. The and, girl who's sitting yeah. at
2: school may be modest at school, but on our Instagram, she creates this whole other yeah. persona. It's okay. Not really. Anyway, skin deep. So, number four, somewhere.
0: realize that porn use among girls is both isolating and shaming. A girl caught in pornography addiction may believe she is a freak. And only girl who has the problem work to create safe environment where your daughter can voice her questions and concerns about not only pornography, but ab- any sensitive topics without fear or judgment or rejection. I think that's awesome.
2: Yeah, <laughs> This is good and,
0: and And it's probably like now because pornography is so open that like dudes are now like, it's quote normal. Even though there's a lot of shame, but it's also normalized, but not so much not with girls.
2: Maybe it is, and we just don't know about it. Maybe it's becoming yeah. the culture. According to this,
0: it's it's, it's more isolating for girls. Yeah. Um, Which is
2: sad because it was more isolating for men at one point, yeah. and now we've seen that. Number five.
0: If your daughter opens up to you about your about a problem with pornography, be encouraging and supportive. Don't freak out. Sister Jones taught, when children are exposed to pornography, and especially when... Notice she says, when. not Not if. When... Your children are exposed to pornography, and especially when they are get caught in its web, they will be embarrassed, frightened, and tearful, too. It is difficult to take something that has been in the dark and expose it to light. It feels shameful and vulnerable. There may there may have failures and challenges along the way as they recover and heal. Their need for constant love is critical. Remember, porn is the enemy, not your daughter. That is powerful. Um, and you know what I... Uh, what do you think of this? Just because someone has, or your teenager, or your daughter, or whatever, has viewed pornography doesn't mean they're an addict. True. Right? Yeah. Like, notice it says when. So, uh, and, and I think I shared on a previous one, but when it was either Porn Kills Love or Fight the New Drug went and spoke at one of my buddies' wards up in Utah, yeah. and they were like, to the, to the parents, and they, and they said, 100% of your youth will actively seek out hardcore pornography. And they define what Harker pornography was, and I I won't define yeah, it here. Yeah, yeah. But they said no, it's not just oh happened to be it sent a picture. They will actually type it in, search out, and and see it. So a hundred percent will actually seek it out and see it. Just boy to see what and it is. girl, yeah, yeah, boy and
2: girl. Just because they've heard about it and they're like, whether yeah. it's that curiosity. Like, What? Get, like look it says this, in step one, right? It says like whether think thing yeah. came from. a Look just at this,
0: Look at the sex ed. Uh, stuff, they're at the talking top about stuff from elementary, and they're like, Wait, what's that? What's, what's that? that? And
2: then you don't want to be left out. Yeah. Because that's what happens, right? Oh, he doesn't know, or she doesn't <laughs> oh, know. Yeah, you don't know what that, that is. is? <laughs> oh, man. So now, and now like, back in sh- the sh- day, sh- they didn't have access. Now right. they just go into a corner. Go.
0: It's two seconds. So they go, go to the bathroom and look up on their phone. Whoa. So, that's a trip to think about. So the hard part as a parent, I'm thinking, like, when do you bring up sexual terms? Like, like, hey, do you know what this means? Do you know what this means? <laughs> you know, like What's that's hard to pair. Like, me out, hey, hey uh, I want to make five. sure. But um, she's gonna be in kindergarten. Um, you know, I guess the bet I'm thinking out loud right now is just like, hey, you. I'm not gonna tell you all the sex terms. If you want to know, come talk to me or your mom. Um, and it's okay if you don't know them all and someone's teasing you. Like we know that's gonna happen. Like you know, they're gonna go, oh, you don't know it. Whatever new Ugh. sex maneuver is that's uh, on the internet, oh yeah, 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 and and it's so they're like, no, I don't. Boom, let me hook up a hashtag. Let me go look at like, it's two seconds so I can see a graphic image of it, um, or it gets sent to them, right? So. So I guess uh, they're going to be exposed to it, um don't and, freak and out, I love and I think them. it's important. I'm wondering now, like my old my older daughters are eighteen and twenty, right? Like, like hey, when you see it. Um, what you know, I guess I don't know. I guess i would talk to my wife about this. Yeah, it's gonna be because uh, it's kind of weird if dad's talking to their daughter about pornography, but um, but they know we talk about it because my daughter, I don't know. I
2: don't know, man. I think, uh, I think regular priesthood interviews like with their family, I've heard people obviously, I'm just this is all new for me, but I feel like uh, there are people that sit down with them and maybe it is hard, but I know Lexi said that, um, you know, she'd be okay with me sharing this that like growing up, she felt like. She couldn't really talk to her dad, you know, because even though there was a sister that was older than her and two boys, so there was just two girls, two boys, um, the boys connected with the dad more obviously because he was, you know, more of a man's man, I guess, in a sense. But he was a quieter guy, but they were all into the cars and their hobbies and stuff where, and her mom was very hardcore churchy. So he had this mom who was like, didn't, you know, there was no, you couldn't even watch cartoons in the house because they could be influencing him. So, and then you got a dad who was a convert, a little more rough around the edges, maybe swore a little bit every now and then when he stubs his toe or whatever, right? Like, you know, not his cookie cutter Mormon, but not also, he's also straight edge. And then doesn't feel connected, and where Lexi was that only apple in the family, out of the kids that that did experience this type of stuff at a young age, at 16, and, and she did say the, uh, her shame led her into deeper isolation, which is what this is yeah. talking about, that article, yeah. and then made her feel even more and then I think when she did voice her thing, which this article doesn't talk about, to her her two friends that were really churchy, they kind of like left her. They like they were shunned her, and yeah. then so she went in with the deep end. Where if those two, well, the irony is, one of them is now completely inactive and an and an anti Mormon, and has lost everything. He's losing everything in his life, and the other one, yeah. And so, anyways, it's just well. And I spoke to uh, a group of youth
0: a couple weeks ago, Pretty recently, yeah. um, and. A lot of their questions were, "How do we approach our friends that are like making not that great of choices?" Because they want to help. Part of it this is, is like I don't like know what to say, so I'm just not gonna say anything. I don't want to risk saying something bad. Yeah. So, like I'm just not gonna say anything. And our youth around then, here, like
2: you said, they actually do. Some of these guys really do want to help. Like, our, yeah. like when we when I've just done with you a couple times, yeah, they really do want to. Like, okay, so what do I do? How do I help? Yeah. Like whoa, like this is a 16 year old that wants to go out there and help someone. Like yeah. well, when they, I was 16, I was so intro- like I was so selfish that. I don't know, helping someone wasn't even on my radar. Rising generation, brother. They really are. Okay, so we'll post that up. We'll post
0: that up. Check it out. The next one I think is going to hit home to you, which is a new Cigna, which is a healthcare study, reveals loneliness is at epidemic levels in America. And I posted this on our Facebook, and I said, thank you, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat. Because when the, I mean, you and I remember, like, if you're older than twelve, mm-hmm. you realize you remember mm-hmm. when these things came online, and it's like, hey, look, you can get all your friends. Like they yeah. call you your friends, and like like you're gonna have access to all these more people. It's that gonna you connect haven't seen you. in forever. It's gonna
2: connect you more than ever. Yeah. And it and that literally was their commercials, and people yeah. would tell you like, dude, br- hey, you remember your cousin? Like, dude, you can actually see what they're doing now. Right. I remember someone introducing me mm-hmm. when I got home from my mission, and I was I was against it. Yeah. uh, The irony there?
0: Irony is pretty interesting. And okay, so let me just read from the survey. 20,000 US adults 18 and older uh, have found some alarming findings. Number the first thing survey was 20,000 people? 20,000. So not a small sample size. Nearly half of Americans report sometimes or always feeling alone. Uh, One in four Americans rarely or never feel as though people really understand them. Two in five Americans sometimes or always feel their relationships are not meaningful, and they are isolated from others. One in five people report they rarely, if never, feel close to people. Americans who live with others are less likely to be lonely compared to those who live alone. Um, Only around half of Americans have meaningful in-person social interactions. So 53% have meaningful in-person reactions, such as having an extended conversation with a friend or spending quality time with family on a daily basis. Generation Z, those are the, the people 18 to 22, is the loneliest generation. Then claims to be worse health than older generations. This is the most connected. Like they've been their whole life being connected on social media, right? It's called to social media. is
2: the most unhealthy.
0: Yeah, they claim to be the worst health in older generations and they're the loneliest. And then social media alone is not a predictor of loneliness. Oh, that's interesting. Responders defined, it as, or defined as very heavy users of social media have loneliness score of 43. That is not markedly different than the score of those who never use social media. But maybe it's because those that don't use social media can't connect with the others. I going to say, yeah. They're not connecting with the others. Yeah,
2: totally. Absolutely. So, I, I, I think that's a little skewed. But, um, how long have you been off
0: this? this I've been round? off now for uh, two weeks, a week. Probably a full you, week. And how have you felt? Less lonely, more lonely? Like it's funny you're saying that. Yeah, because like, when you're reading now because I feel less connected to you because I don't, yeah, I don't normally see you. But I actually feel more connected when I talk to you. I just don't know what you're doing. Makes, so it's a, so it's, like, it's a false sense of of
2: connection. Yeah,
0: because I just don't know what you're doing.
2: Yeah, I'm like because no, if you're I'm an like, avid poster like I am, then you you really do feel like you follow. Your I friends. feel like I knew what you're doing yeah, all yeah. the time. Oh, he's there. Oh, cool. Um, or hey, I want to go do that. I'm gonna text him. Or you know, you see someone doing that. Hey, you going to do that? Yeah. Right. But it, but, it, but it's a it's a no, I'm right. Uh, but it's more introverted knowing, right? Because you a lot of times you're not even saying something to me that you're noticing, but yeah. in your mind you like you feel like you're keeping tabs. I feel tabs like on people. yeah, yeah, yeah. But sometimes it can make you just naturally go like you just I don't know what it does. I don't know. All I know. I,
0: I, all I all I know is I knew what you were doing, but
2: I guess it didn't connect me. I just I made me aware. Yeah. Of what you're doing. Yeah. Which in some... Um, some things it can be a benefit, Like yeah. right? Like, I mean, obviously, like, keep tabs on loved ones. Like, if like their family. Like, kids away at college? I love them. I'm that like, hey, amazing. what are you doing? Totally. I, I
0: want to see, like, hey, show me you with the class today. Oh, cool.
2: Yeah. Um, All's I know is that uh, I felt in five and a half, Most of you listening, I've been doing ARP now for five and a half years. I think in June or July, it's about in a right in the half mark because my thing's in December. So it'll be six years in December. And... Uh, um, not right away. Um, in fact, actually, here's, oh, i go through the whole thing. Um, this is, we're kind of leading into the Asiatic part, right? And this is kind of dwelling in. Is this going go to go into the thing? Yeah. Okay. So let's just go into it. So, well, because I think that uh, unless you have, you want me to stop it here? Well, I've been off for a week and it's been the best week of That's all I want
0: to do right now. And then we'll get in, we're going to tease you too, tease. About I'm tell you right drugs. now,
2: this week has been the most spiritually connected I've been in five and a half years. And I've been sober for five and a half years off drugs and alcohol. Okay.
0: Boom. okay. Last couple things I want to talk about is uh, we were. Uh, I want to tell some good news of some of our fellow fans and ARP out in the world. Cool. Um, just uh, just two of the many um, about people sharing about uh, um, spreading the word of of ARP. I I mean, so, yeah. yeah. So um, one of this, I'm not going to name names or where they're at, but this gentleman said, hey. You guys inspired me on the podcast. Um, uh, we've been pushing um, our state president to get an ARP meeting started in our area, and he's been pushing back really hard. That was his <laughs> words. And he's like, but I kept listening to you guys, and I just kept Which going back and forth. A group of guys here have been pushing to get ARP started in our area, and he
2: finally just approved it. That's awesome.
0: Um, and so kudos to
2: you. you. you didn't even share that because you had that experience. I- we had that. Yeah, but imagine so, if we never shared that
0: with anyone. Right, that's why I keep inspired. Like, dude, if you don't have a good meeting or a meeting period, that's like um, one of your things. That's like your message. To, well, because I'm just some dude. Like, I'm just. I didn't know anything about this <laughs> th- four, three and a half years ago. Knew mm-hmm. nothing, um, and I'm like, tell me about this. I became a student and I went to ARP meetings. I saw some that worked, some that had recovery, some that didn't. And I, why does this work? Why does this not work? Uh, and yeah. and our, and the church has a lot of great resources. And if you follow with what they say, it's going to work. Totally, um, it's, a little reverse engineered it. it's a little vague on the sponsorship and things like that. And, you know, the language of do the steps, do the steps, do the steps is not really in there. Because they wrote it for, you know, middle Ohio, where there's maybe five members of the church or Africa or wherever they're at. It's got to be able to work worldwide. It's got to be able to work worldwide. Yeah. But, uh, man, uh, those of you are doing it. And so I just, I literally just got another email Um I haven't read it yet, so we're going to read it live right here. And the title says, new ARP coming. Uh, So this brother said, I had a chat with our group coordinator before our meeting this evening. Like, I just got this one hour ago. He said, new manuals and new meeting scripts are coming. Oh, never mind. (laughs) Okay. So this is with that. uh, uh, So there's been some rumors floating out from uh, ARP headquarters in Salt Lake about some new scripts and new manuals coming um i don't know how true that is i met with the the head the guy who basically put this manual together i know there's some chat about it Um, and part of it is because some members are like oh you drink alcohol you're an addict like the 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 quick labeling that because you're breaking a commandment means you're an addict and we already talked about in a whole episode on that um but because it's so new to our culture that we have some people quickly labeling people um, and then second is, I think, our inability to really articulate the fact that um, that we have an addiction problem and opiates and pornography are probably the two most popular.
3: Two for um, sure.
0: And so maybe they're going to try to le- rename them. Just instead of marketing it like, hey, 12 steps, get recovery. They're like, maybe if we just call it pornography and call it prescription drugs, then we'll get more people to show up. And I disagree with that. I think if you just talk about the 12 steps and it's, 12 Steps to Recover, anything... If you teach the solution. If you teach the solution, you don't need to... The problem solve. We don't need to segment it as far as a, a
2: specific... You don't have to identify the problem. You just teach the solution. Yeah. Right? That's what we tell people.
0: Um, so, uh, this brother... I'll reply to your email, but like... But, uh, I don't know if they're coming. We haven't heard it, and I'm pretty close with the ARP here. But I think there's some discussion about it.
2: We'll just see. Just know that whatever the truth... This is what I feel like. Uh, this didn't... This worked for me, right? So, five and a half years ago, I was at, I was at a crossroads... Go to AA, go to ARP, go to both. I was told to do all three of those, right? I had a pr- strong prompting, even at the worst spiritual, right? I'm detoxing from five different prescriptions. I'm a massive drug addict. I My testimony's gone. My wife's left me. I'm kicked out of BYU. You know, I lost my scholarship, all this stuff. And I had the strong feeling that if you stay in the church, it'll all work itself out. And the church is never gonna lead you astray. The gospel's never gonna let you down. And we gotta remember we're being led by inspiration and revelation and priesthood keys. So I did that. So whatever they change, I'm at a point now where I'm going to, I'll do whatever they need me to, you know, I'll back it up. Even if I don't understand it in the beginning.
0: But the answer is still doing the 12 steps. The solution always going to be the same. Yeah. So no matter what, so, they change the name, so, I guess is what so I meant. I, yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I, <laughs> They're not going to change the solution. It, 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 it's I, always the atonement. I think we've done a not a good job since this manual has been out since 2005. <laughs> the, yeah. Not that many people know about it, that we haven't done a good job of Letting the world and the church members know we have a solution within the church. So, I think there's some that are trying to change, like, hey, let's just change the name up a bit. Let's yeah. change some scripting, and maybe we'll do it better. And I can personally disagree and say I think I don't know. Maybe other, maybe it needed for, maybe it's needed. I don't know. Once again, so we just yeah, uh, we'll do with, the solution is a share. solution, no matter what it's called. Okay, so let's go into your step share step ten share, and then let's talk about your uh, travel to rehab with uh, someone that you love.
1: Okay.
3: Addict. Marvin, um, I love step ten um, because it's hard for me, um, and I kind of like challenges, I guess. Last week, I I I kind of got re- I, well. I was really mad. Um, I just kind of woke up that way, um, and I went to the temple, and on my way to the temple, I get cut off by some car, and I got even more mad, and uh, and then I get to the temple, and I'm doing like initiatories and. And I get cut off early. And so I just leave because I got, I, it's a long story. Anyway, um, I left the temple and I was, I, I was better than when I got there, right? Because I always feel good when I get out of the temple. Um, but something was just eating at me and I don't know what it was. But then as I look back, it was because I wasn't like self-evaluating, I was caught up in my fear or pride or whatever it was, or my ego, all because I, I you know, I, I skipped a day at scripture reading. That's, that's what I'm like blaming it on. Right. Um, whether or not that's true, I don't know, but step 10 for me is, um, <clears throat> is a constant reminder to kind of keep me centered on what I need to be focused on. Uh, I think of it like, kind of like a, of a G, like a GPS unit, um, I like to go off the trail a lot, and that this step 10 GPS unit helps me get back on, on track by rerouting me. And I constantly have to be rerouted all the time. Um, it keeps me in the pocket. Uh, I also, like last night I woke up and I had a dream. Uh, it wasn't a dream, I just woke up at like two in the morning and I was thinking about the four P's of marketing. And if you don't know what that is, it's product, price, place, and promotion. Uh, I don't know why I was thinking about product price, place, and promotion at 2.30 in the morning, but I was. And, um, and then I thought about, like, how does the four Ps apply to my recovery? And, and the product, obviously, is, is recovery. The price is what I'm willing to do to be able to have my recovery. The place is being at the right place where I need to be, wherever God wants me to be. And then the promotion is sharing the message to help others. And that kind of hit me, you know, I have the four P's of, and the four P's for marketing, you know, if you have all four of those, in in theory, it's supposed to have, you're supposed to have a good marketing campaign. So I'm thinking, well, I have a good recovery campaign, but this didn't get me here. You know, um, I had a really bad cocaine habit and, and I wasn't able to share any kind of message with anyone, um and let alone look at myself and reflect on how I'm treating others. But it's just, it's just funny, you know, um, because, there, I mean, my addiction's out there waiting, doing push-ups for me, you know, outside this door. And, and um, if I'm not doing everything I can to strengthen my testimony and to, to continually live these steps, you know, it's, it's, it's just right there waiting for me. And um, I continually have, have to be reminded of, like, where I come from, um, how I grew up, and, and the blessings that I have in my life with my wife and my kids. Because when I start to look at those things, I start thinking about how good I have it. You know, and even though life is stressful, you know, it's a lot better than it was. You know, waking up on with a torn up house on Christmas Eve with open presents and stuff like that. Like, that's just not a good place to be. And um, I I mean, I, I I hurt my family. I hurt my wife. And I don't ever want to have to deal with that again. And I don't ever want her to have to deal with that or my kids, you know. And today, um, I'm accountable through through a safety net Of recovery people Uh, people in ARP you know my sponsor I I have a sponsor that I work these steps with um, you know and and we're on step 10 today but if you're not on step 10 get on step 1 get honest what's really going on in your life what's hurting so bad that led you to this room those are the kinds of things that you need to share about because when we open our mouths the Lord goes before us and his angels surround us and they bear us up. And when we talk, we have the spirit with us and, and that we can be strengthened and edified through each other's shares. I'm grateful for this opportunity that I have to share with you guys and to be here and to see all your faces. It, it, we're going to need a bigger room at this point, it seems like. Um, but through these steps, you can grow closer to Heavenly Father. And I, I see that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
0: Tonight, you are the addict
2: that we're asking. I'm still an addict in recovery. Yes, I am. All right. You're still saying that. Yep. You think you're going to say that your whole life? I think uh, I thought about it tonight. And I didn't say it in our meeting, but I wanted to because... When you introduce yourself. I hey. want to say I'm an addict in recovery um, because I used to hear people say that and I had a bad terminology, Like, I just had a bad taste in my mouth. I'm like, oh, what are they trying to say? They're recovered or whatever. But I think it is actually, um, it can be beneficial to identify as someone who is in recovery versus I'm someone who's addict. still an addict working... Mm-hmm. Trying to get out of their addiction because we know that when people come we know why we identify we've had episodes on that yeah you get a newcomer come in they're trying to find a sponsor how much easier would it be if the people said i'm in recovery and then they're like right. okay that guy's in recovery that guy's in." Yeah. recovery. you know what i mean these people have done the steps these are ide- self-identifying as someone who is willing to help yeah because c- kennedy if, who they didn't, if they didn't share right? Benign, right if they
0: didn't share yeah like Somebody introduced themselves as there. an addict, but they don't share. They may not know that they're in recovery, but if yeah. they're like in an recovery.
2: It's like, okay, that guy's like in recovery. Yeah. Because like, yeah.
0: uh, uh, ha- how our meeting, and I think most meetings are, is like you do the format, and that's why we do quick shares, because at the end, that's when you go and meet, and like, hey. Yeah. And you actually can get into some. The whole really f- cross-talk. The whole really meeting is really just breaking
2: down the ice until the after. To the meeting. end. To the end. Yeah. The after party. Yeah. After party's usually better. It's pretty good. I had yeah. some great after party discussions <laughs> right? tonight. Yeah. Everyone and isn't it crazy? Like most of we we have sat at the front and watched oh, thirty, forty I think thirty-five people tonight again, thirty-eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, different families, people, individuals come in broken, and now it's at a point where there's still people broken, they're still in the beginning, but a lot of you hear laughter after you mm-hmm. hear yeah. high fiving and just yeah. joking and wow. To think some of these people were just like me, where they had no, like, broken beyond belief. Like, dude, I was as, there still hasn't been someone that's walked in as bitter as I was. You still haven't seen someone yet. I don't know how to compare it to. <laughs> I mean, Marvin was pretty close, but he had his wife with him, you know? Like, yeah, But remember yeah. how bitter he was? right? Uh, remember you know, when he was pretty angry?
0: You know, there's, a, there's it's been a few, there's but, a few that, but see, I had it all. I had the bitterness, yeah, I had yeah. the anger,
2: I had no hope, I lo- had the look of death. And a big ego. And a giant ego yeah. to go with it. That's a little... I'm glad I didn't meet there. you then. Nope. You would definitely not want to hang out with me. I mean, we might <laughs> like, not guy's be doing sad. this right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sad man. His aura is dark. So we might uh,
0: I don't know how long it's gonna be, but you had a you you had a life-changing experience last week. Was it last week? Last week. Okay, so one of the reasons uh that we didn't one of yeah. the weeks where we didn't yeah.
2: record, because uh, you were gone. You weren't even at our meeting that week. Nope. Um meeting meeting. Well, I ended up coming in late Thursday night and made it to a meeting right before it ended. Okay, so um, what'd you do? Uh, so I had started off a normal week, like anything else, and uh, meaning I'm full of my own problems and challenges and looking forward to Tuesday night's meeting, which is when our meetings are. And um, I ended up having to make a transaction selling the, an item on Craigslist, blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking, okay, we've got several meetings, I'll go to the next one on Wednesday night, you know, or Thursday night. Okay. Yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. what happened. And uh, then all of a sudden, Wednesday come. And by the way, I'm up all Tuesday night. Whenever you're selling something, <laughs> uh, it's all about you, right? You're in this, you know me, I'm a salesman too. So whenever I'm selling anything, I'm, it's all about the money, how the dime, how much more can I squeeze out of the deal? And you know, that's how I live. And, um, but so what I'm getting at is a Tuesday night, normally I'm filled with the spirit here or like filled with, you know, you're doing step 12 or, you know, you're helping people, whatever you're doing. Um, and instead it was very selfish. And uh, which was whatever, um, but it was. And uh, then Wednesday morning, I wake up tired because I didn't sleep, I went to bed late and didn't have my meeting, so I'm feeling already off now. And uh, you know, it's a routine now, five and a half years of doing it the same, three years here, same time, same day. Your brain remembers that.
0: We are, uh, <laughs> we are uh, four days away from three years. That's crazy. Cinco de Mayo, three that's years That's crazy, ago. Yeah. that's
2: crazy, this Sunday, excuse me. Um, so I wake up Wednesday morning, Tired, my phone rings, it's an addict who I know is suffering in their addiction, and the phone rings, and this person never calls me, I've reached out to them, but they never rarely call me, maybe twice in the five and a half years I've known them, and uh, comes to fruition that uh, this addict needs help, and still is in their addiction, even first thing in the morning, is belligerent. And, uh, at first I argue and contend with this person cause I'm confused. It's all so early in the morning and there's a lot of yelling going on and confusion about some post on Facebook, some, you know, something completely out of the ordinary, but the spirit quickly comes in and is like, you need help. Are you, you know, when is it, when is enough going to be enough? This person has gone up and down in their life and has done amazing things in recovery and has had a really hard relapse and like we all do at times. And, um, this spirit finally came over me in a sense where it's, you know, it's very rare the spirit tells you to get it yell, to kind of yell to someone, like to yell, like to kind of, uh, like say something fervent and usually it's usually very Usually the spirit's constrain yourself. Constraining, and, yeah. and it always has with this person, always have felt that way. I've always wanted to yell, never have. But I finally feel the the prompting to to say uh, how I really felt in a powerful way, I guess, I, I don't know, saying I don't want to bury this person, I don't want to go to their funeral, I don't want to watch their loved ones go to the funeral and, uh, this person, for the first time over a year and a half that I know has been suffering and back in this relapse, <clears throat> said, you're right, I want help. And as soon as I heard that, it kind of like, because it went from level 10 to zero, and I'm like waiting, and you know, in person you can gauge it. You're like, did I but over the hear, phone, did, like, I, just did I hear that? Way. I kind of was like, so you tell me you will? You'll go, into a, you'll go to treatment? You're ready? And this person hasn't said this in this year and a half of chaos. Um, even though it needed, it's needed. And as soon as I heard yes again, I said, all right, I'm going to be over there. And she, you know, this person lives a couple... <clears throat> old. This is a weekday morning. <coughs> it's a weekday. It's Wednesday morning. It's not even 830 yet. Okay. okay? To, to, to put it more in perspective, that night I missed by selling my thing on Craigslist. I ruined my wife's date night with her friend who just came in town from you know out of town and i owed them because they had to help me because i went to sell something all the way four two hours away and i forgot anyways the point is me and lexi were not in the best moods with each other and i owed her a time away without the kids in the, that morning and this phone call comes and i know that this is it this person needs me right. more than just like i need someone when i'm in that stage and you could
0: you could easily say screw you. Like I could have just called someone the else. the phone. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh yeah. In the beginning, I could like, just hung up. In the beginning, like hung up. I almost did. Yeah,
2: almost did. Almost and then, did. And, and, and,
0: and could as a family, like, hey, I, my wife's got. It. I don't have time for this right now.
2: And it, and that's the first thing that came to mind when I hung up and I told that person yeah. I'd be there. Then I thought, oh my gosh, like you know, you're already on your last leg. Me and Lexi rarely get to these moments where we're in this argument, but this is like a three day argument now, and I'm like, oh, like where I'm on. I've been, I'm, I have some repenting to do, but, um, at that moment. And then she walks in the room and just looks at me and I'm like, what do you, you know, I tell her, fill her in and she kind of already got it. And she's just like, go. And I'm like, what do you want me to do? And I remember like having this, like, I looked at her and I said, when you were gone, when you left me, this one person gave me hope. And I know that may sound crazy or whatever, but I'm like, how can I not go? Like, we wouldn't be where we're at today if this person didn't find recovery for themselves a long time ago. And, uh. And she said, "No, I want you to go." And she's like, "I'm pissed at you." But you I didn't went, know what this meant, right? No, no, I, th- like you said, I didn't go. fully understand. I just You're, knew I was going to you this house. going to her house, and then I was going to call the support group that I know is okay. in place. And so, sure enough, I do. I call the support group, who this person is in their ward, and who's been helping this person, um, who's been there, ready, tr- begging this person to go into treatment. And I call this uh, this this person in the ward, who's you know who's kind of in recovery um, more just gets it, you know, in recovery and has been to the meetings and done the steps for personal things. And is just a very spiritual person. And, um, I say, Hey, so-and-so called me, they said they're ready for recovery. Like they're ready to go in. What do we got to do? And they, and this person breaks down crying. Once again, it's still eight forty-five now in the morning. And, uh, this, this person in the ward at this, at the, where this addict lives says, you have no idea the divine, what, did, what did exactly did she say? She said, you have no idea the inspiration. Like, you have no idea the, what's been in the works for the last 48 hours. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, this has been going on for a year and a half. She's no, 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 no. The bishop, we just got called a new bishop. We just got this new uh, – everything has been in place, and we've been fasting and praying for the last two days that this addict would finally surrender and say – And she, and go into treatment. And go into treatment, and then the, the – the call that was made the first in the morning was to me. And uh, was remember, we don't have that type of relationship, so this is all way, I'm kinda like, that blows my mind. You had no idea that was going on. No idea, no idea, totally different war, totally different stake. Yeah, blows my mind, I'm going, okay, I don't know what that means, I'm kinda still trying to get my bearings, (laughs) I know Lexi's pissed at me, and I'm like, I knew I had to go, by the way, I have work, and luckily I didn't have any appointments, so it it worked out, but I just, I didn't even call my boss or anything, but I, uh, I drop everything, she, and this, uh, this person in the ward says, I'll meet you there. We get there, and, uh, turns out the treatment center, I find out, once I get down there, is all the way in Salt Lake. We, we live in Southern California. It's a 12-hour drive, you know, like, with stops, it could be 15, you know, if you stop that many times, you're talking 15-hour yeah. a day, which I think it was. I think it was like 14 hours. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, so I get down there, and I walk into this person's house where I've been there before, and, uh, when you help so many people in addiction, you start to look at more like, uh, you start to, it, everything becomes normal. You don't get, like, freaked out anymore. You've seen so much throw-up. You've seen all the booze bottles. You've seen the drugs, the needles. It becomes not normal, but, like, it does It's kinda, not as shocking. It's not as shocking. Yeah, like, to see a, someone laying in a pile of their own pee or to see someone and with a needle in their arm. And I've seen it all. Or heroin on this or the weed this or even someone in the hospital you know, and still wants to use. I've seen that all now in five and a half years, and I'm sure in 10 more years, I'll see even more. But what I'm getting at is it becomes normal and you don't start to look at it as a infer, as it becomes normal, you just immediately see that and you go, well, that's a that's addiction. Yeah, you don't look at the person, you look at the addiction like Yeah, addiction you just go, this, this would do, that." yeah, this, you just see addiction. I just cor- see alcohol and drugs. Like that's all I you, see.
0: You know, you realize alcohol and drugs are going to lead you to that.
2: Yes. Like that's that's the. That's result. all I'm thinking about. I'm not thinking about gospel principles. I'm not thinking about all they the broke the word of wisdom commandments. Live yeah. like you know what I mean. Where I used to would have think that you know. Like I can't. But you're drinking. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you know, you don't see that stuff anymore. So it becomes that side becomes normalized in a weird way, and um, and but this time was different. When I walked in the house, I felt. I felt the adversary's presence. I felt, and I'm not that too, I can, I have been spiritual in my past, but over the last few years I haven't been. And I felt, um, I felt demons on this person. I felt possession. I just, I just felt a lot of feelings I hadn't really recognized in a long time. And it took me a while to really realize that's what I was feeling. But this person agrees, we get in this person's car, you know, in a car and we, me and this other person in this ward drive an addict across three states, thinking the whole time, are we, is this gonna be a waste? Because like, this person's completely out of it. And um, so it was a rough drive, it was rough. A lot of things that happened in 15 hours, but it was very tense. That's already a gnarly drive, but like, when so, you drive- So a 15 hour drive with someone that- was completely was inebriated.
0: Inebriated.
2: Um, and we have to keep inebriated so that person doesn't detox, yeah. before we can get him to detox in Salt and this Lake. was the recommendation of the doctor. Of the doctor, that, yeah. yeah. So a lot lot of a lot of weird you know stuff that this may be normal. If you're in if you've been working in recovery for a while, this is normal. but uh, anyways, so the whole drive there was tense, right uh, And we're just wondering are we wasted We both both me and this other person I, I, I called you on the phone. And yeah, she was like cursing at you in the back. It was up and down. The person was yeah, cursing. it was up and down and uh, it was it was it was uh, I, but I knew we were in the right place like just the fact that this ward had been fasting and praying. I just all the pieces came together everything came together. So I was like, let's just go and hey after this though We can all say we've done everything and then then we can wipe our hands of this person and say we've done it all So if we do go to the funeral, we can say I did it right Which is not what you ever want to have to come to that terms to say something like that But that's literally what I was thinking. That's why it's important That was really what was going through my mind. I was doing this because this is the 12th step and I'm, it's like a commandment almost to me. Like when someone reaches out, even though a week or two ago, I told someone about this person very just like this person to just, hey man, you've done it all, like back up. Yeah. But then when the call came, it's like I had no choice. It wasn't a thought, I just went. I went on the clothes on my back. I didn't even shower that morning. Either. I don't even think I brushed my teeth, it was gross. <laughs> <laughs> like You know, I usually go to the gym first thing in the morning and then come over. I went straight there. I didn't think I had my garments on. You know what I mean? Like And uh, this is where I was at spiritually on the drive. And uh, well, it was a long drive, you know. That's not normal for me unless it's like we're in Mexico surfing or whatever. But, uh, and uh, so we get there. And by the time we, this is 8.30 in the morning, 9 o'clock we leave. We get there at 11 o'clock at night. Wow. And, uh there hasn't been a lot of peace. It's been very tense. My, I drove the whole way. I'm like this, you know. I'm taking work calls on this thing. It's all sorts of stuff. We can't stop very long because it may all turn itself around. Yeah, you're hoping she is not like. Yeah, I'm hoping yeah, this person okay. is not bail. Yeah. And so, but we get there and the, the person that I'm at, the person from the ward who set this whole thing up with the bishop said that this is a church rehab, you know, like this is their members. And it's very spiritual. And I said, Well, I've heard that before, but whatever. Well, I'll, I'll follow your lead. And as soon as we got there, the attic we brought, we it, get was, out of,
0: it wasn't a church, it was just members of the church. Members of the
2: church, sorry. Okay. Uh yeah, sorry. Member, member owned, LDS yeah. owned. Um, and uh in Utah Riverton, uh, or, no, where was it at? I don't know where it was. Salt Lake. Salt, it doesn't matter. I it's all I get confused, but somewhere north Salt Lake. And uh we get up there and uh and we get to this house. It's pitch black. It's late, eleven thirty at night. And as soon as we stepped on the premise of the, as soon as we stepped on the premise, I felt the spirit. I haven't felt the spirit in a long time. And after a chaotic day like that, and uh, it wasn't there was uh, no prayers that happened. It just, but there were people praying. They knew we were there. We had sent this text that we're here for this support group. Please say a prayer that this all doesn't back backfire and we just wasted our whole day. And uh, as soon as we walked in there. The spirit was so strong. The spirit was so overwhelming to me and the other person. And I think it, and, and I saw, I saw more than alcohol in this addict. I saw more, I saw a spirit. I saw, to me, I'm not saying this is the case, but this is what I saw. You know, people have visions or whatever. They have these experiences and everyone's interpretation. What I saw was someone possessed by a power that is greater than alcohol, even. And alcohol, I've seen it destroy people, right? It destroyed my life almost, and, um, and a lot of my friends, and this was not alcohol. That I was seeing trying to run. You know, like really run, like jump out of this person. And voices changing, and visions, you know, stuff you see on your mission when you're mm-hmm. out there really doing it all day long. And um, But I'm not saying anything, I'm just internalizing all this, right? Because it's just like a whirlwind, oh, right? right? Dude, this is like, dude, I'm so exhausted. Yeah. And, and I'm just hoping that this person doesn't bolt but then these two beautiful ladies come out who are probably in recovery themselves now work there and they were angels they were they felt I felt the spirit so strong when they spoke the way they spoke was calm it relaxed in me like and I you know me I'm pretty high strung <laughs> so then after a day like that I'm even more high strung I just oh, got yeah. done yelling half, half the drive you know be quiet you know yeah. this stop and then laughing and then crying and yeah. and, and the, uh, the spirit the spirit was there though and spirit calmed this person down they agreed to do the treatment and as soon as we saw the agreement we signed the paper we did what we needed to do and we got in the as soon as we walked out of the door we just both fell down to the to the little walkway curb uh at this house and just both started like crying it was like this you know we both loved this person very much and uh this person both helped us at one point in recovery and it was a uh, it was a. Uh, and we just thank God. Like, we just both said a prayer out loud and just said, thank you. And, um, and our plan was to sleep the night there, but all of a sudden, this feeling of relief. And, and, you know, like when you get, it says that you get this energy from the Spirit and God lifts you up. And, we, and I knew this person I was driving with had family or friends in Cedar City that they really wanted to connect with. And we he drove felt, down to Cedar we, City from Salt Lake, North Salt Lake. Whoa. We drive now back in the car.
1: I after said, I'm that, awake now. Like
2: all, after that emotional yeah. dump, adrenaline dump, usually you're tired. Yeah. All of a sudden, I felt, boom. Wow. And the rest of the drive home that night to Cedar City, so another six five hours in the car, and then the six hours the next day, we talked about the gospel the entire time. I mean, this person, and then it went quickly shifting from radio off, just deep we in conversation. We didn't have. Any, I don't think we played music once. With another person in the car who yeah. like has their family has their own life, and this person has has been through a lot of the same things convert like myself has been through the ups and downs of a membership, went on a mission, just like me as a convert in about a year and a half, so many similarities and uh, and uh you, you know I've shared stuff with you like i I don't feel like uh I feel like I was so broken when I first came into a r p that just to get sane and sober was gonna be. A life achievement for me. Like if I could ever get that back, I was so disconnected five and a half years ago that if I could, let alone get my family, and it all came back. But the 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 sanity took about a year. My family came back pretty quickly, three three four months, and then and then I got a job about six months. You know that was a, a great career opportunity, and then then I met you. But it, yeah, but you met me about my year marked right you. when my brain clicked. Oh, was it a year? Okay. Yeah, but so if you would have met me before that, I wouldn't have been the same. Like. It took me about twelve to fifteen months for it all to like for me to start seeing myself again every day, to enjoy a day, to try to like serve like all these things that I had to find passion in life again. I used to be full of it, and then I was depleted of it. And uh, so then once I finally got all that and then did the steps and did this meeting, it felt like uh, it was enough. Like all I had to do was just like I this I needed to be just I had this feeling. I told this person on the drive home um, that. I had been t- holding myself back from progressing in a spiritual manner, which is ironic because it's a spiritual program, but I mean more so like in a priesthood or in the church because I was afraid. I, this all comes out, and I haven't shared this with anyone. I was afraid of becoming what I became on my mission. Remember when I went on my mission, I'd only been a member a year and a half with no family members you know, leading me or teaching me along the way, learning on my own. I became very self-righteous really quick. You know, and I don't know if it was fully self-righteous, but it was definitely judgmental. Like, I was very judgmental for people that had a problem, that, like, couldn't just surrender to the God. Because your life change
0: was so dramatic. So dramatic, and I did. You were like,
2: what are you chumps? Like, I yeah. did this change. Why can't you? And Is in non when I found out in, when I found out there were inactive members on my mission, I blew my mind. i was Poor, like, what? are you kidding? Or lazy missionaries. Larry Mission, oh, dude, I was the worst of lazy missionaries. I was the most brutal person. I would tell them to go home, and they'd complain about going home and so say, go home. <laughs> Deep down inside, though, I wanted to go home. I was, I was having a hard time, but because I didn't know how to voice all these things and I was trying to live a stand, I was, I was living a lot more out of fear than love, right? Because I really knew I, I just come from that sin. And so yeah. I like, I was, that's what, anyways, that brought me to the gospel was the fear of my soul. So it's pretty heavy though, you know, like so so because people are probably listening. to this kind of surprise because they've been so inspired by your
0: shares. Yeah, and all these this all these person talks. in the car
2: couldn't believe I was saying that Okay, like, I'm like, so you were kind of holding your you've been holding yourself back in the priesthood like what is it? What do you mean by that when I say in the priesthood like Because uh, you've been serving you I've been serving I, you, yeah. on the outside of the law looks great People come up here are just great, but inside I'm not reading my scriptures I went through this. Like uh, there were times in the five and a half years that I had a good run of reading scriptures and trying to be spiritual, but there were things in my life that were holding me back from progressing in the priesthood, of progressing in the Holy Ghost, progressing in my conversion to the Lord, and I would justify not letting go of those things because, well, I've given up drugs. That's a lot. Like, and I'm helping other people. That's a lot. Like this thing's a lot of my life, and and therefore, like if I just die and like this, this is. This is what most people never achieve, yeah. right? This type of level of service. You know, I would think these things. And uh, the thing is, I don't even know if those were my own thoughts. Now, after that experience, maybe those were thoughts put in my mind that keep me at a level because there were little sins along the way that needed to be, I've talked to you about it. Like, I never really could, remember when I've, I said I hadn't gone through a bishop, even though it mm-hmm. says here in the manual, yeah. because I had influences from AA, it was more so do it with a sponsor. And that yeah. worked for a while. Well, but until You had some experiences with some bishops that... Yeah, in the past, in the er, early phases, it wouldn't. Yeah, that didn't get stuff smooth, like this. Yeah, yeah, and, and, uh, yeah, nothing to do with them. It was they just didn't get it? Like, and I didn't get it, so none of us got it. Mm-hmm. And they were just doing the best they can. And their advice, if it was taken in a way that I could have took it, meaning read your scriptures, surrender to God, and all that stuff, then it would have worked. But I couldn't do that. That was the issue. As soon as the drugs came in, I couldn't reconnect what I had gained originally, right. and so. I tell this person that I hadn't been to the temple in a long time. I haven't been reading. I haven't even been praying. Which is, people listening may go, "You're crazy!" Like what? Like you, no way. And uh, even my sponsees, who we know in the, as am I right now. Yeah, uh, <laughs> praying, reading out the window most of the time. I mean, I pray with my kids. Like I, it's not like I was in a place where I was so far gone that I wasn't doing. It. I'd been there. But uh, so that's also part of the justification. We do this in our mind We're like I'm not as bad as I was. Okay. I'm not as bad as that person. We start like So you're you're, you're progressing but at a slower rate than you probably should but, have and could but have. But at Is the same time within the last 30 days prior to that, in the last so 60 days from today back. Yeah. Uh, so going all the way back into um you know right after so maybe February, March, beginning of March I felt a real temptation for a lot of old behaviors you know not with drugs but you know with some other things and um uh those you know things it talks in here it says avoid things of you know law of chastity pornography you know all sorts of stuff make sure you're staying close to the spirit and praying and reading those things were becoming distant and i was starting to get confused again as soon as i separate myself from go- core gospel the iron rod right which is what it says i start that that fog of lehi's dream becomes so thick so quickly. And the older I get and the more recovery, the more time I have in this, the, the the thicker that fog gets. And I think in our day, it's it's very it's even more blurred. You know, I mean, there's so many levels. Do you think of, it gets sicker
0: or do you think those times in our life where we just get used to the fog? So we're like, like fog comes in and we're like, effort, yeah. then we get used to it. We're like, oh, no, it's not that bad yeah, because we get used to it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you get, get, you get right. immune to. You start it. getting that's yeah, I absolutely, it. absolutely. Me and so Lexi like, so like, talked about that because then you like once it's First
2: versus swear words, you know. First, it's watching something or listening to music with swear words, usually, and then then you start saying those words, right? Then, because those both those two things right there drive the spirit out, you start not having such good discernment with your decisions. Then those decisions start to happen, and if some of them need a correction in the priesthood, mm-hmm. right? or in just your own repentance prayers at night, and you're not performing them because you don't have the first two, the spirit in your life and influencing, that's a recipe for disaster. And I feel like that's where I was at. And um, and so, which is scary because someone like me that can die from if I go back on drugs, like literally die, not like have a bad life and I'm not the best at or whatever. Not like, I don't know if I have, I have a feeling that like, if I ever go out, I, I probably won't be one of those people that make it. And... Uh, and so I, that's why I've hold my sobriety very strong to me, you know, like and I I've tried to do I try to do the 12 step hardcore, you know, cuz that's what people tell me. But I felt like I told this person, I'm like I feel like it's not enough And this person in a loving way. And maybe because we're not that close. So it's that un it's someone just talking from their heart. Well, yes, but you also had
0: that experience of 15 hours of Driving specifically no serve kids, other, no phone, serve yeah. other people. So the, yeah, the you're serving someone set. else.
2: The stage was set. A
0: very selfless thing, like you gave up a, yeah. a, a ton, like everything. You literally dropped everything to serve someone else. Um and so, measure the spirit, probably. And, and you were not using. You didn't have any worldly distractions. Yeah. So you, driving, there's no. So that probably primed you up for this conversation, and maybe they weren't super close.
2: Yeah, and 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 the person had been through a. We had a similarity, so it's it's, it's just like another addict talking to another addict, okay. or it's like another convert talking. To, there's someone yeah. else that is like, hey, this person has been there and is yeah. now at a point in their life where they, I could feel the spirit around them, and it made me uncomfortable. You know what I mean? When you get around people that are so, it's one thing when someone naturally has a spirit. It's another someone when you know someone's fought to have the spirit, and now they have it, and they're willing to say that you don't have it, and they know you should have it. They sense that you're supposed to have it, and they call you on that. It's like I get the chills because that's what this person was doing the whole drive. Mm. You were saved for a reason. You were brought back to the. You were brought to the church. Then you fell away, and you got come. You came back. You, you know, all these things, temple, and now recovery. And guess what? Now the Lord wants to bless you more. And this is what this person was saying. This girl was saying this. Is a girl, by the way, was saying this to me and uh i didn't say much it wasn't like a two way conversation with the, with it was maybe af, this after you dropped her yeah the, this is after uh, oh okay. the way there was just so this is on the way to anxiety. back this is way back way back So City. okay 6 hours at night another 5 hours at night and okay. then 7 hours the next morning okay. by the way we only okay. slept for 4 hours and got up at 7 and drove and this person there wasn't really a two way conversation it was her talking to me and me just kind of like shaking my head you know like crap she's right and, and people have been saying this, but like like you said, when you're locked in a car and someone's willing to talk as much as I am, you know, mm-hmm. they can really break through to you. You know what I mean? Like someone's willing to just keep going go not go, well, it's awkward, so let's change the subject. This person kept hammering on it. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about patriarchal blessing. And we just kept moving. It's like we talked about the entire preach mind. Like every gospel principle there is. And by the time I got home... <laughs> It was a whirlwind, obviously. I'm exhausted, like dead exhausted. I want to see my kids. I want to see everyone, but I also just want to freaking, you know. And then I then I start to feel like that I don't ever want to be there again. Like I, I'm so grateful I'm alive. I'm so grateful I'm not that drunk. I'm mm-hmm. grateful I'm not on those drugs anymore. I'm grateful that I'm not in rehab. I get to see my kids tonight. And so then you feel that shit It's like a weird survivor shame that people talk about, like war. That's what you kind of feel like. You're like, why me? And then you start like really. You could have. Uh, that could have that that, been, that, that, that sh- that been me. That could have yeah, been me. That should have been me. Okay. Should have been. me. That's what's going through your mind, and as then, you walk in your house. As I walk through the house with all that other stuff on my mind of yeah. not knowing I'm not living up to my full potential is what it comes down to, and uh, but I'm feeling it this time. No one's telling me now. That person's gone, and I'm still feeling it. Usually it goes away when you're back in the world, and here I stepped into my worldly little comfort zone, and it's not going away. That feeling of get on your knees and repent. on your knees and repent you get on your knees and repent and i remember doing it i cried and i remember feeling uh that like i started reading this book this person like recommended and uh um i went to bed it was very uh i I started to fall asleep and uh, i'm exhausted remember i slept three hours in the last 48 and um i've been in a car for 48 hours or whatever it was like 30 hours and uh and uh, I started to fall asleep for an hour, and all of a sudden I woke up out of sleep that night. That same night, I got home the next day, and uh, there were some things I had to get rid of, and I did it. You know, one of them was Instagram, one of them was Facebook. You know, and uh, there were some other things I had to get rid of as well, and uh, that were worldly, and that were in the way of me connecting with the Spirit, and with Heavenly Father. And as soon as was this the middle of the night? It was the middle, of the, middle I of the night. I fell asleep. Okay, I fell asleep listening to a talk and woke up an hour into the talk, into this book. And the spirit's like, if you don't do it, you probably won't do it tomorrow. You need to do this now. You can't sleep. And then I did it. I woke up in a blur, you know, kind of this not really rested. I'm just still heavy hearted, heavy minded. And the spirit's like, don't go to the gym, which is what I've been doing lately, which is, you know, you get in there, you get worldly, you listen to music. It was continue reading this book, go for a run on the beach. There was no surf, so it was the next best thing to connect. That's when
0: you ran from Strands to Salt Creek.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and I ran on that, and uh, bro, it was like—I uh, think later that day is when I deleted um, the Instagram and Facebook, and I—I uh, I, I can't explain why in in forty-eight hours a rapid change. But as soon as I started, what it came down to is the spirit called me. Like uh, service, like you said, then the spirit, then the spirit of repentance than actually laying down some things of the war, right? The weapons of war, right? Like They had to bury their weapons. I buried a lot of weapons in the last five and a half years. You know, I'm not a, people are listening, like, I'm not out there doing crazy stuff, but there were still weapons. It's like, you know, someone pointed this out in the movie, funny movie where they're like, give me your gun in the back pocket, right? So then you pull it back. Yeah. I know you got an ankle, yeah. one too, right? <laughs> like, like, they, like got, yeah, things. before you know it, it's the whole a real table's funny movie, you, right? It's like, yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Smith or something like that. Yeah. Like, that's what it was. And I had all these other weapons hidden that I knew about and the Lord knew about. And this person didn't know about but called all of them out with the Spirit. She didn't, but really the Spirit did. And it was like, dude, you have, there's no guarantee you won't be that person again. And uh, let alone progress. And so as soon as I buried him, the, the, the feelings of hope. I shared this in the meeting the other night. As soon as you get honest hope immediately comes in. And as soon as I did that, which was what our earlier talk was about, connectedness, depression, and anxiety, Mm -hmm. I have felt a sense of connection to why I'm here, where I came from, where I'm going, the plan of salvation, my family, my friends, even though I don't see them as much on Instagram and Facebook in a day, in an eight hour day, I have felt, When you, I didn't even realize this until you read that article, I I don't feel lonely anymore. And i've been feeling like as an addict we say we're naturally lonely it says that you naturally isolate in a crowded room and all stuff well listen if you're an addict and you're listening to this and you've been thinking that social media is probably not your friend <laughs> and it's not connecting you with your friends the way you want it to and you you probably felt that way like i did it's not for everyone to go and delete it but for me the last seven days has been eye-opening and i'll i'll, I'll never that's why i deleted it this time because i knew there may not be a next time. There may not be another opportunity for me to surrender again. And I think for guys like me and for all of us to live on that little bit of he- that's a healthy fear. You know, there's fear where it paralyzes you. It's not healthy. You start analyzing the future and the doom and gloom. This is like, hey, no, remember where you came from type of repentance. You know, like, like King Benjamin, he's like, you know, we're nothing to the. So <laughs> why are you holding this back? He mm-hmm. saved you. Like, what? And, uh, I have read in the last week. <laughs> week I told you today, I've listened to six President Nielsen talks from General Conference in the past years. Oh, we, he, need, we need to post that. Yeah, we're gonna too. post that.
0: So seventy-five. He's given talks. seventy-five
2: talks since he became an apostle in nineteen eighty-four. Yeah. And they're all on a link, and they co- connect you to the website uh, of the church. So I'll so, post that link yeah. in there as well. So like, I and, and you've been doing that too. Yeah, it's bishop awesome. Bishop share that. So yeah. and I go meet with my bishop. Two days later, I go. Oh, let's get into that. So then. I'm feeling spiritual, I'm feeling connected, and the Spirit says, well, go to your bishop. You haven't done anything crazy, but you need to be there. Regular, it says in here, right? We've, I've yeah, heard, we've read this. Regular priesthood interviews is something you need to progress. Yeah. So I call him up, say, hey, he's a new bishop relatively, right? I said, hey, this is my story. I go meet with him. I just want to make sure I'm worthy. I know I need to go to the temple. Me and Lexi feel like we, need to, we had this miraculous change. We need to go to the temple. Um, we go... Uh, of course, I have a, a great meeting with my bishop. It's a spiritual experience. He says, of course, get your butt there. Like, you know, like, go. Like, you know what I mean? And this is great. And we're going to, I told him I want a calling, you know. I want to continue to progress and mentor me and, you know, just pray about me. And, you know, don't think I'm doing, everyone, you know, just because you look like you're doing fine doesn't mean you are. And I don't want to lose this feeling. That's why I told him. I was like, I feel a fire and I don't want to lose it. And uh, that was a Thursday night. And then... She tries to find a babysitter for Friday night to go to the temple, which is not something I would have done. Usually I go hardcore four hours of sushi on a Friday night. Instead, <laughs> uh, and I'm taking my wife to the temple. We find a babysitter last minute. And five and a half years ago, before me and Lexi separated in 2012 of November, she felt prompted for us to do my baptism for my real father, who I never met and who has now passed away, and his dad. So we did their temple work for baptism, and then we separated the next month.
0: Those five, names, this five years five ago. Five and a half years five,
2: ago. Okay. So November 2012.
0: So right before, like, Everything you're... get the fan. Right, yeah.
2: literally the next week, I think she said, I want a divorce. After we went in the temple. Wow. And um, those little cards they give you when you get yeah. the check, check. The blue cards. Yep. They've been missing ever since, obviously, and for five and a half half years. years, They're not even on your radar, right? Not even on our radar until Lexi says that morning on Friday. I think we need to. You need to do your endowment for your dad. And I've of course, have a resentment a weird. You know, I I understand it. and I try to let it go, but it's always there.
1: With Um, with your this guy that
2: wasn't around. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm like, I'm gonna follow my wife. I'm like, in a moment, I'm gonna do what anyone tells me to do. Like I'm in one of those modes. And so she says, "Let's do it. Let's do it." And she texts me during Friday during midday. I got a babysitter. I wonder where those those cards are that has your dad's name and your thing, so we can get the endowment initiatories done. Like, I have no idea. And we've been to the temple obviously in the last five and a half years, so we've been in our temple bag. So she goes, well, I'm gonna just find our temple bags, and I'm gonna call the church and see how we get to print it up. And then she texts me back a picture. She goes into her temple bag, which she's just been to the temple a few months ago, and she opens her temple bag, and sitting on the top of her clothes are the two cards. Wow. And uh, she broke down crying, she said. She told me she knew that maybe, you know, my, he- my father, who I, you know, I have a hard time thinking about and talking about, maybe he has progressed. You know, I baptized him, right? Even though I was in a good state of mind, th- the work mm-hmm. was done. Mm-hmm. I may have not have experienced it, but he did. Well, it was on your side. He's been witnessing things happening. Totally. Right. Totally. This is a man who suffered from addiction, yeah. this is a man who died of alcoholism at 50. Um, and left behind two kids and a wife and then, you know, me. But you left behind a whole career and a life, right? Fifties way too young to die, right? Yeah. And uh, sure. Yes, because right. I'm almost 50. <laughs> <too. laughs> That's why I said that. I'd be grateful. He <laughs> didn't have an alcohol problem or smoking problem. Um, and, it, you know, we don't see what's on the veil, and it's hard to say. But all I know is the next day when me and Lexi went into the temple that night after we found the names, I got the initial story done right in the nick of time. Because I forgot you have to do that. That's how long it's been I've been. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. And uh, we go to sit into the endowment session, and there's two facilitators who are in who I who what we've helped get, you know, just be a part of their Un- or Uncoordinated. Their uncoordinated are sitting in facilitators that Facilitators from, 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 from the ARP, from other ARP. From B- other B- local ARP meetings yeah. I know about in Orange County and L.A. And uh, they're sitting in there, and just to have that experience was pretty amazing. So I'm just kind of riding the, the wave right now, and uh, I feel like it would have already have ended if so I didn't just, sacrifice. So we're race. trying to
0: find bison flesh. Selfies, selfies on Instagram, he's not there anymore. So remember
2: I used to tag on our on our LD on our podcast thing. I would always tag myself, and then tag this. because yeah. I'm so vain. You're not gonna find that anymore. So we're also slow on the social media because now it's all on me, which I try not to go on as much.
0: <laughs> so, anyways, that's my story,
2: man. I feel like uh, I feel like I've been when you read that article, I can testify it's true. I feel I didn't even realize that's one of the things I've been able to. This
0: is social media
2: isolation. I couldn't, I couldn't lay alone. I'd always have to be on it. There's some nights I didn't sleep. What? Like two and three in the morning, and I'm tired. I'm exhausted, but I can't stop. Wow. And it's not really, I'm looking at anything. You know, you get that, yeah. in, and then when you're done, from, it's, it reminds, here's a, I'm going to speak real, right? Yeah. This is, this is real talk, right? We always said from the beginning, it reminded me of the days when I was younger. This is heavy, but when I was a porn, like heavily. At, I'm going to read the definition oh, of porn. Yeah, so it.
0: the first number one definition of porn is just pornography. Yeah. And then this number two is, television programs, magazines, books, internet, etc. that are regarded as emphasizing the sensuous or sensational aspects of non-sexual subject and stimulating a compulsive interest in their audience. I'm going to read that again. Whoa. So Never emphasizing a sensuous or sensational. So how about that? Emphasizing a sensational aspect of a non-sexual subject, and stimulating a compulsive interest in their audience. So like we used we used to find I still find like it's called board porn, surfboard porn. So it's just surfboards every day surfboard, surfboard, surfboard. surfboard. Yeah. And like I can look I'm like, oh look at that. Oh, look at that airbrush, look at that, right? Yeah. There's food porn. There's like whatever Guns. gun porn. Like whatever it is you're into. Whatever you're Working into, out, which whatever. means like I'm just and we read an article on it was like lifestyle porn. Yeah. Right? So like yeah, so we hard. could have whatever it is is a a non-sexual subject or stimulating compulsive interest in our audience. So that as you described, that compulsive scroll 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 click scroll scroll scroll, click hashtag scroll 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 so we've all experienced that i think if you've been on
2: it remind. i'm here to testify because i don't talk about my porn addiction as a youth very often but like when, in my youth before i was a member porn came in at a young age is when people start first started digital porn
0: dig- internet porn. yeah
2: well first it was a magazine then it was a tv then it was the the late night hbo cinemax then it was the this is way younger than, ma- before. This is way before masturbation. This is a young kid, Rusty's mm. age, right? Or younger, from Rusty's age on. And, uh, and it was normal, right? Rated R movies, I was taken to movies with nudity with my family, grandma, grandpa, like it's just, that's, that's part of life, yeah. You thought, right? Um, not the porn, hardcore stuff, which then you but, see in junior high. So then when junior high came, and that was shown to me by friends from their parents' stash, you know, videos or DVDs or magazines, it was. It was like a progression. It was like, okay, this is this is the next thing, you know. But what I'm getting at is, I'm realizing I started to realize this a while ago, but I didn't want to admit it to myself that after I'd spend those days, a full day on Instagram or not, on off, or bum bum uh, fights, anything, whatever. Man. whatever you Now, you get now get into lately, like, it was guns. Like right. Like yeah. so. For the while I was learning this, after I would be done for two, three hours. In the beginning of the searching and the looking or whatever it is you're looking at, or learning, you know, I like loved it. I mean, right. I did what I did to that gun myself. Just, right. you know, I, part Learned of you, you're getting stimulated because you're learning something new. Yeah. And that's a productive thing. So in the beginning, it starts, it can start so a, productive. It's a healthy, productive a hel- thing. It's a healthy thing. But for guys like me, it can become, it can turn real unhealthy. And I, what I realized was on the long stints, the two, three hour runs, or six hour runs, uh, you know with some breaks in between hold but on you're like six hours of just well no, I've, I've spent all day on <laughs> really yeah. like non-stop oh, you yeah, stop to eat stop to talk but then go right back on to wow, it wow okay and uh the when those days would end or the six hour run or the three-hour run on instagram would end it, would i would feel a feeling of such emptiness but even if it wasn't something bad i'm looking at I mean, we're talking about. Yeah. If you look at it... Like
0: cars. You're researching your Our a bishop car. could
2: look at any of the things I'm talking about and yeah. would not feel guilty.
0: So, yeah. But six
2: but to eight but the, hours... But the way. definition of porn is not sexual. There is that part. There is that. that. Because I'm not even talking about... Yeah. There was times where I wanted to get off Instagram because it would lead to pornography for sure. But yeah. when I did it this time, it had nothing to do with pornography. A, it was just compulsive This was searching. me escaping from my world around me. And I remember texting the next day saying, if that was breaking, if I realized I was, you know, me and Lexi have had this conversation. We're missing out on some of our child's life. What else am I missing out on? Well, that's just what I see.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What else? And sure enough, this week, the spirit it's has been, just life been, it's been life-changing. Completely. I, I haven't felt disconnected in, since 2007, of December of 2007, when I was in Seattle on my mission right before I had my surgery. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Which, That's gnarly. Which, which is, which is. And I've had spiritual experiences. We, yeah. We've gone around. I've had moments, and I've had hours, and I've maybe had a yeah. day or two. But I'm talking seven days going strong, where like I feel all the promises it says in here of reaching this spiritual awakening has finally happened. But it didn't happen until I finally did step ten and did some inventory, got honest with, and again, not
0: with a real, not with your sponsor, but with a trusted individual, Just a trusted. Yeah, individual.
2: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and with yourself and the Lord, like finally, yeah. I mean, this all comes back. It's supposed yeah. to lead you to and, do this. And with the Lord. ironically, it was when you were serving someone else. So Twelve started it. Yeah. Ten had been on my mind, but eleven is the result. The personal revelation yeah. kind of was, but then it went back to ten. It's just been the revelation has yeah. led to more. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now it's just like, okay, you got it. Now just run with it. Don't stop. Well, and then what you immediately did is shared with. Everyone. G- group of
0: your buddies yeah. and whatever. Like, hey, hey apologize for this. Start repenting. Hey, I stopped doing this.
2: And why? I feel like, um, yeah, like, yeah, I feel like uh, Brigham Young says it right here, right? If you've, if you've sinned to the people, yeah. the, repent to those people. Yeah. You know, if it's been to the ward, me, if you, I don't know if you noticed me and Lexi, when we shared on Sunday in our thing, we she apologized, we both apologized to some things. You know, one of them is the swearing, you know, and the setting a bad example for our youth, you know, because I know youth follow me. Yeah. I was their seminary sub. I cringed when you would... Uh, I know, I know. Everyone did. <laughs> I, I remember you t- you were the first one that brought it up and it made me want to do it more. Like, you know, that's just... Some of our spirits are that way. Like, you know, me and Lexi, we've so, never... So, been, so when I would
0: say something to you, it would make you want to rebel more? Yeah. Is that, yeah, okay. And it's not
2: it nothing to do with you. It could right. be anyone. But me and Lexi have always figured this out. Like, there are people that are born... Like, like this like want the younger or the, these people that... Until we're ready... The rebellious spirit is just so. remember my Haley, my daughter on her mission, said, Hey, tell Jay to stop swearing on the yeah, podcast. Yeah. But I think you said like H or D or whatever. It was getting to the point yeah. where I would slip. Yeah. When you start saying it all the time, then you start saying it all over. Yeah. But say the church, it at church. You know what I mean? And at first it was just with the guys, and it becomes this and it becomes that. And then. Yeah. You're comfortable, too comfortable. Yeah. And because I, and here's another thing because I grew up, that was normal. Then it, I can convince myself it's not, No, it's normal. Yeah. It's not, it has nothing to do with my spirit. That's completely bull. You know, it right. is bull.
0: I guess. So someone might be saying, oh, now Jay's all self-righteous now. Oh, totally. I have that what fear in my say? head.
2: That's my biggest like, fear. That's what was keeping me from wanting to repent. So, so
0: people What was keeping judging me from you. wanting to
2: repent, no, it was me becoming self-righteous. Because oh, okay. I don't want to judge other people, and I don't want to relapse. And I don't want to be that guy again that walks around telling everyone, what he should or shouldn't do because i thought because AA, so this is what i found out though with this person this is where AA doesn't have the fullness of the gospel it gets you to the gospel like like when Hinckley said hey whatever church you came from that's awesome Free, bring we'll, it bring it and we'll yeah. teach you the rest yeah right AA can get a lot of people sober but i tell you what it's not gonna it's not gonna be your end all that's why you see so many alcoholics that are sober for 20 30 years but they're they're miserable or they're miserable addicted to sober. coffee smoking sex pornography cocaine you name it, and that's where I felt like I was, and and I was listening to the dogma of recovery, and and but there's fear in there because this has been my religion for the last five and a half years, is to say that. Well, don't think you've arrived. I'm not saying I think I've arrived. I'm just saying I'm finally am getting the spiritual. You just action. at a next level. I I feel like it's taken me five and a half years. But isn't that the twelve uh, steps of change? It's yes, yes. constantly changing. So
0: like it says you're it's it's just constant refining, constant refining. Yes. Um and you just went to another you had a spiritual awakening. Tr- spiritual awakening exercising step twelve, serving others serving. If I hadn't other have done
2: step twelve, it wouldn't have happened.
0: Right. And and I could see like if you hadn't have said yes. You
2: saw me the day before. Like I was a, or we talked the day before. Even on the di- drive there, like I was in a different mindset. Dude, it was Yeah. Yeah. I can't it's stuff it's just like when I came home and told my mom, Hey, there's this guy named Joseph Smith that did this hundred and something years ago she thought I was lost <laughs> but look what it did now she praises that moment yeah. that that person taught me you yeah. know, I mean saved my life
0: well I don't think you'll well I'll try to keep you in check and <laughs> uh, not be too self-righteous no, but yeah, I don't yeah. think well I don't know Yeah, I guess you, anyone, could. anyone could we could yeah. do that but um, I think uh, if we're constantly yeah. progressing and looking at ways we can improve and applying these steps again is the the thing we read every every time Maybe we'll end on this. Family and friends who practice these same 12 steps will also find hope and healing for themselves. Um, And that's just a constant thing, right? So you've been, you just took the steps at another level. Um, And some
2: people get this right away. I mean, we know (laughs) Marvin, who we just had on here.
0: Yeah. We need to re-record Marvin's because this was awesome. That's what I'm saying. Like Some
2: people get this, their first go around, the spiritual stuff. It's taking me a little longer. Thanks for your patience, everyone. Hey,
0: well, that was a long one. I hope you enjoyed I did. Um, I, I have seen it firsthand, uh, a change Jay in the last week, um, even though I don't get to see him, what he's doing on a daily basis as often.
2: I wish I was strong enough. Huh? <laughs> I am bummed. I, it was a bittersweet moment because there are people that are strong enough to – because I know I've helped people. It's right. Gotta, it's a bittersweet yeah. thing.
0: Yeah, because you also justify it by, like – Well, I
2: think the – there was one more thing is like the Lord, it was a bittersweet. It was like one of those things like this is something I wish you were strong enough for. Like you're, you could change, you've you, you inspired people. And it's a bummer that you're – but it was like it's
0: – Well, but uh, – What's the point of inspiring
2: something if you lose your soul in the process? What right. I mean. Like uh, 12 if, step even
0: 12 Steps step says your recovery needs to come first. That's what was happening. Um, with, with, so what your recovery needs to come first. So you. So maybe justifying things that are holding you back That's for the justification I mean. yeah, of helping yeah. others. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Powerful. Okay. Well, I learned a lot tonight. Hope you did as well, people. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Sorry, it's been a while. Uh, when you get this, it'll probably be the end of the week. Um, there's lots of stuff out there to listen to. We're gonna. I'm gonna put that 75 talks. Yeah. And I'm gonna challenge everyone here, besides our podcast, maybe some other inspirational thing. Uh, I challenge my family on family eating is for the next 75 days, one talk a day. So we're on day two, it's Tuesday.
2: And it links you to the church website so you can yeah. read it, watch read, it, or listen to it. Yeah,
0: all any of those things. So you caught you caught There's the no tail there. end of mine. I was like the That's last awesome. thing of the, la- the chord. What was it? Uh,
2: and you're sure you're gonna start seeing quotes because he's quoted in our
0: I know. He's system. amazing. Okay. And plus it helps you re- reaffirm your testimony of our because we're building frank, it. We're building sorry, it. We're, we're building I, I think this is my thinking. Mm-hmm. Like we're getting we're definitely in the last days, right? Church Jesus Christ of latter days. Yep and things are only going to get crazier, um, and so the more we can be anchored to what our prophet is going to advise us and counsel us, yeah. he just is. Just like you decide, like, yeah, President Nelson says, do this, and this is what the doctrine is, I'm in. I'm ready to do and it. And it doesn't, I don't need to question it. Yeah. Like, oh, they're going to change ARP? Okay, cool.
2: Look at, like, the way I handle Like, dude, I'm telling you, like, dude, a week and a half ago, how long ago I was complaining, I was like, they should not do this, they should. But mm-hmm. all of a sudden I feel like, it's all good. yeah. So whatever he good, feels inspired to do we'll do good place
0: to be okay yeah. well until next hopefully next week hopefully in seven we, days we uh, got one. got another podcast coming
1: out so until next time Brad and Jerry and uh, peace dear lord blesses us with love please send this day thy spirit from above as this thy son accepts a call from thee help him with Learn humility. Direct.